today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Listen to me. It is not enough for you to just know the story of the gospel. It's not enough for you to know about Jesus Christ. Knowledge on its own will not save you. can't save anyone. It says you must know and believe the love that God has for us. That word believe there, it means to put your trust in or to put all of your confidence in. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the book of 1 John, he'll be challenging you to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. There's a big difference between someone who has knowledge of the gospel and someone who believes the gospel with saving faith. The Bible says that even the demons believe in God, and they tremble and are destined for hell. Having knowledge and a belief in God can't save you. Only receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior brings salvation. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 4, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He says, if we walk in the Spirit, that means we yield to the Holy Spirit that dwells in us as believers. We obey the Holy Spirit. We crucify the flesh. And if we do that, the promise is we will not obey our flesh. Now, the non-believer, the non-Christian, they don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, governing their behavior. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them, prompting them, not to go superfly on them. They've just got their flesh. That's the only operating system they've got. But we've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will, will govern our flesh if we walk in the Spirit and yield to the Spirit and obey the Holy Spirit. Look down in uh, verse 22. In verse 22, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit produces in your life as you walk in the Spirit, just naturally. You don't have to produce this on your own. You don't have to make this happen in your own strength. Just as I'm abiding in Christ uh, and walking in the Spirit, this is just the natural outcome in my life. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's that supernatural love, that self-sacrificing love. And joy, peace, long-suffering, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Or I can control myself. can control my anger. can control my flesh. So this is what the Holy Spirit produces in a believer's life. Love. Love, love for someone when it's hard to love them. Now, I, just, I do want to say, because I don't want to get you twisted up in knots, there's a difference between loving someone and trusting someone. The Bible calls us to love someone, love 
everyone, but it doesn't mean you have to trust someone. You can set boundaries in a relationship and still love that person. But the Holy Spirit will give a supernatural love in a difficult situation with a difficult person who's hard to love. The Holy Spirit will give us joy in our trials, peace when we should be freaking out, patience with people, kindness to people that are harsh with us, that don't deserve kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, right? What does the Bible say? A gentle answer turns away wrath. And how often do we, someone does something against us and, and we respond with our flesh and, and it just creates you know, greater tension and greater wrath, right? And they come back with wrath and we go back with wrath and the thing just, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire and it just amps the whole thing up. But to be yielded to the Holy Spirit now where we answer with a gentle answer and that gentle answer turns away their wrath. And then self-control, where I'm able to, to, to govern my flesh, govern my response, to have a control on my emotions, not lash out in anger. This is what the Holy Spirit does in a believer's life. Now go back to 1 John chapter 4. And John reminds us in, in chapter 4 that, that we know that we're abiding in God and God is abiding in us because we have been given of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is, is governing our flesh. I'm not responding in my flesh. I'm not responding in anger. I'm not lashing out. I have love. I have self-control. I have joy. I have peace. I have patience, and so on. And that's the result of the Holy Spirit in me. And having that and seeing that difference in myself is evidence to me that I'm abiding in God. And God's abiding in me. Because I see the Holy Spirit ministering and working in my life. Verse 14, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he and God. A person who is abiding in God and God is abiding in him, he will testify that Jesus is the Savior of the world and the Son of God. Uh, the reason that the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world was to be the Savior of the world. That's what verse 14 tells us. He came to be the Savior of the world. Um, we need a Savior. You know that? We, we, we need it to be rescued. <laughs> I, I would say, most of all, we need it to be rescued from ourselves. I, I know when I came to Christ, I, I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really understand the theology of the gospel or that he was a propitiation for my sins or all. I didn't, you know, I needed someone to rescue me from me. And that's what Jesus did. He came to be a rescuer, to save us, to be a savior. He, he rescues us from ourselves, but he also rescues us from sin. He rescues us from judgment. He rescues us from death. He's our savior, our rescuer. You know, in John chapter 3, uh, verses that you're familiar with, very famous verses, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to be a savior. I think quite often people uh, who don't know the Lord, they, they, they view God uh, as, as this judge. They view Jesus as someone who's judgmental and condemning. That's not why he came. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us, to rescue us, to be our, our Savior. He's the Savior God has sent into the world to save mankind and is the only Savior. He's the only way of salvation. There is salvation in no one else but Jesus Christ. Again, in verse 15, he says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And I like in verse 15 that it says, Whoever confesses. That word whoever means whoever. (laughs) You know, that includes everybody, all of us. Whoever, whoever. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. And the word confess there, in the Bible, the word confess means to agree with. You know, someone who is abiding in God and indwelt by the Holy Spirit will agree that Jesus is the Son of God, meaning that he's divine, that he's God. They'll agree that he is the Son of God. They'll agree that he's the Savior. They'll agree that he died on the cross to save us, to rescue us. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 16 is such such an important verse. He says, And we have known and believed the love that God has sent for us. He describes the love of God back up in verses 9 and 10. We read those verses during communion. Verse 9, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him, have eternal life. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, to satisfy the judgment, satisfy the wrath of God against us for our sins. He paid the price. And he says here in verse 16, if we have known and believed the love that God has for us. To abide in God, a person must know the love of God, first of all. They must know that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die on the cross. But it's not enough to merely know that. Listen to me. It is not enough for you to just know the story of the gospel. It's not enough for you to know about Jesus Christ. Knowledge on its own will not save you. can't save anyone. It says you must know and believe the love that God has for us. That word believe there, it means to put your trust in or to put all of your confidence in. So to believe the love of God means uh, I'm putting all of my trust in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross to save me. My confidence when it comes to my salvation and what happens to me for eternity, my confidence is not in myself. My confidence is not in anything that I've done or not done. 
It's, it, my confidence is not in my own righteousness or my own goodness. My confidence is in what he did for me on the cross. And I'm putting all of my hope in that, all of my trust in, in him. It's just like the old hymn. Uh, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus's blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. All of my confidence is in Him. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. So you have to know the love of God, and then you have to believe it. You have to put all of your faith into his sacrifice on the cross. Now that brings us to verse 17. Where it says, love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Because of his love for us, we can have boldness in the day of judgment. For the believer in Jesus Christ, all of our sins were already judged on the cross. All of our sins were already paid for. All of our sins were already punished uh, on the cross when Jesus was punished in our place as a substitute. So we don't, we don't fear the judgment of God. We don't fear death and the judgment that comes after death because our judgment's already been paid for. You know, a while back, one of my sons had to get a tooth extracted. It was a baby tooth. Uh, And understandably, my son was very nervous and very anxious about going to the dentist and having a, a, a tooth pulled. I, on the other hand, was not nervous at all about it. I was not anxious. I was as cool as could be because I didn't have an appointment with a dentist. (laughs) He did. He was right to be nervous. He was right to be anxious. Not me. I wasn't facing that judgment. (laughs) He was. Well, in in the same way, when it comes to the the judgment of God, when it comes to the day of judgment, the the non-believer has very good reason to be fearful of the day of judgment. Jesus said on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they've ever spoken in their life. Try to wrap your mind around that for a moment. You can't, but try to. To have to give an account for every careless word you've ever spoken in your entire life. Well, the Bible says on the day of judgment, the non-believer will have to do that. They'll have to give that account for every careless word. But for the person who has put their faith in Jesus Christ and their trust in Jesus Christ, all of our sins have already been judged on the cross. They've already been paid for. 
So we're not going to face that judgment. We're not going to face the, the day of judgment. We're not going to uh, face you know, the standing before God and giving an account for everything that we've said. It's all been paid for. It's all under the blood. And so there's no fear for the believer. There's no fear of, fear of death. Might be, we have a fear of dying, right? But we don't have a fear of death. There's a difference. I, I'm afraid of, you know, I want to die in my sleep or something like that. But I don't want to die some painful death. But I, I'm not afraid to, of death. We're not afraid of judgment. Because we know that everything's already been judged for us on the cross. So, so we have boldness in the day of judgment. We can have confidence is the idea. We're not worried about it. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. God's love for us is is perfect. It doesn't change from day to day. His love is not like our love. His love is not dependent on, you know, the mood that he's in. His love is not dependent on our performance or how well we're doing loving Him. He's not like us. He's not moody. His love is perfect all the time. It doesn't doesn't change. It's constant. And it says His perfect love for us, it casts out our fear of judgment. And I'm, I'm assured of God's love for me because He sent His Son to die on the cross. The cross assures me of God's love and His love for me, it gives me confidence about my future. Because of His love for me, I, I, can, go, I can face death boldly and I can face the future boldly and I can face the day of judgment boldly because of the cross. All of that's been settled for me and for you. You've trusted Christ. Look at verse 18 again. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If if someone is, is afraid of God or someone is afraid of God's judgment or the day of judgment, that shows that they have not experienced his love. That shows they don't understand the cross. They don't understand what God accomplished for them on that cross. They've never experienced His forgiveness. They've never experienced His love. God's love for us is the remedy for our fear. God's love for us is the remedy for fear. For any fear. Not just the fear of judgment, but for any fear. Listen, give me your attention. If you're here today and you're fearful about something in your life, you're fearful about your future, maybe you're fearful about uh, your, your financial situation or you're fearful about your job or you're fearful about your health, you're fearful about the state of your marriage or whatever it may be, whatever you're afraid of today, I would encourage you to draw near to God as much as you can because His perfect love drives out our fear. It casts out all of our fear. It says in the Psalms, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. It says in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. 
I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. Doesn't say he delivered me from those circumstances that make me afraid. Just that he delivered me from being afraid. His love is always the answer for our fears. You know, you see over and over in the Bible, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. That's his answer to fear. It's him. Drawing near to him, seeking him, and he will cast out all that fear. So if you're here today, you're afraid, you're fearful, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. And he'll cast out that fear from your life. And finally, verse verse 19, it says, We love Him because He first loved us. I love verse 19. We love Him because He first loved us. He loved us first. And when did He love us? Did He love you on your best day? (laughs) Or on your worst day? Worst day. You can say it louder. Your worst day. Right? When we were pretty unlovable. God demonstrated His love for us. He showed us His love. He showed us His grace and mercy. He extended to us forgiveness. And we love Him because He first loved us. We don't, listen, listen, we don't love Him to try to get Him to love us. You know, we don't don't come here and worship Him and sing to Him and study the Word or serve in church because we're trying to get Him to love us. He already loves us, right? We don't try to win God's love by what we do for Him. He already loves us. He already loves you. God loves you. We're We're just responding to His love. We love Him because He first loved us. It's It's just a response. You can't... You can't get God to love you any more than He already does. He already demonstrated how much He loves us. And now all He's wanting us to do is just respond to His love. And to show love to Him in response. Again, you know, that, that's the opposite of, of how, how we think. That's the opposite of, of, of every other religious system in the world. You know, every, every, you know, the way that we think, every other religious system, is you do for God, and if you do enough for Him, and if you're good enough, then God will, will love you, or God will accept you. See, what, what the Gospel says is God loves you, God accepts you, and He wants a relationship with you. And will you respond to His love? And His love is perfect already. It's complete. It's full. He can't love you any more than He already loves you. He's not, you know, it's full. And, and He's just asking us to respond to His love. We love Him because He first loved us. And we love, verses 20 and 21, we love the people of God because God loves them. It's His bride. He loves His bride, and so we love His bride. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. The book of 1 John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your Almighty Creator and more ways in which He can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, 
we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well. Praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth.